0: We interact with God's Word this morning, as I mentioned along the way. Keep in mind that I might stand up here and I might speak some, but we're dealing with worship, which is a two-way street. I may speak, but we should be striving to listen with an intent to apply and let God be changing our lives as we are humble and sensitive and responsive to Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word that You've given we want to be those who are hearers and doers of your word. We want to be a people who are being transformed into greater and greater likeness. We want to respond to your word and then to communion accordingly in Christ's name. Amen. The one whose birth we celebrated back in December is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and the living one. Through his life, his death, his resurrection, he has completed the work of reconciliation. It is done. There is no doing for the one in Christ. Instead, there is rest, dependency, Desire, delight, security, acceptance, and eternal life in the midst of living in our broken, fallen, struggling world. Individuals who have repented of sin and have trusted in Christ are in Christ. Therefore, we want to take some time to consider a portion of Scripture that is given to those who are in Christ. Christ, And in light of what we have in Christ, we naturally and normally respond in grace, in delight, in joy, and in obedience. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Be reading together verses 1 through 10. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1. Through 10. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, 1 through 1-10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purchased in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Paul is the writer. He was an apostle of Christ Jesus. And as verse 1 says, that was by the will of God. The hearers are saints. Saints are those who are set apart. He's writing to the Ephesian saints. They're set apart unto God. I think it would be applicable to those who are saints today, those who are believers in Christ. When one repents of sin and believes in Christ... He or she becomes a saint. But addressed to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. They were saints. They were faithful in Christ. They were maturing in faith. They were maturing in love, according to verse 15. The writer's desire, Paul's desire in verse 2, grace, unearned favor, and peace, freedom from turmoil to you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verses 3 through 10, along with other portions of chapter 1, chapters 2, and chapters 3, or chapter 3, he talks about being in Christ. And being in Christ, the source of being in Christ is God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The source of what Ephesians 1 says is God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's he speaking to? Us. Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. The us that he is speaking to would be himself, Paul, the believers in Ephesus, and I think it would include believers today too. He's addressing saints, those who are in Christ. Where is this coming from? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. He's talking about unseen blessings. He's talking about blessings that are not material, not necessarily physical or tangible that you can touch and so on. What has he done? Whether it be for the saints today or believers in Ephesus, he says, God has blessed with every spiritual blessing. Blessed means to bestow favor. Thus, nothing can be done to obtain these blessings since they're in Christ. They're given by grace. Nothing could be done because he says in chapter 2, in verse 1, as for you... You Ephesians were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. They're blessings. He's blessed us. He's bestowed favor. He's bestowed grace. They're not deserved. He gave them to those who were dead in their transgressions and in their sins. And notice, the blessing is with Every spiritual blessing. If God has blessed the saints in Ephesus and the saints today with every spiritual blessing, he can't give any more. We already have them. The believers in Ephesus had them. He couldn't give any more. He says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Already in our possession... Stick that in your mind and chew it over. God, I need something more to live godly. He says, no, you don't. I gave you every spiritual blessing. I need something more to be a good mate or a good child or a good parent or a good employee. And he says, no, I gave you every spiritual blessing. I've given you every unseen blessing that I can give. You have them. Then he goes on to describe them. In verse 4, "...for He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight." Before the creation of the world, the Father, God, chose the Ephesian believers and saints today to be holy, free from sin, and blameless or no record or charge of sin in His sight. So before the creation of the world... Part of the blessing that he gave was to choose those in Christ that are going to be presented to God holy. Free from sin. Going to be presented to God blameless. So what can I anticipate in the future? I'm going to be presented to God holy, blameless. Period. Well, Dan, what did you do? Did you live good? Not what I did, it's in Christ. See, this took place, this choosing took place before the creation of the world, before I did anything, before I was even born. He chose us in Him, in Christ, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Another blessing. verse 5, in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In love, he predestined, he predetermined that we would be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. The believer in Christ, the Ephesian believers, had been adopted. Who were they? Adopted children of God. So you walk up to an Ephesian believer and say, who are you? And they say, well, I'm a child of God. I was being adopted by God in Christ. Now, why were they adopted? Because they lived good lives. Paul says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. God predestined. Ephesian believers, if you're a believer today, to be adopted as his sons, as his daughters, if you please, through Jesus Christ. I love to think about adoption. I remember going to the first, I guess you would say, adoption, you know, where the legal rights and so on were given. I walked out of there, I thought, man, that gives me some deeper insight into God adopting me as a son or a daughter. The parents who do the adopting choose the child. What did the child do? Nothing. The parents choose. God adopted us. And the text of Scripture says, in accordance with his pleasure and his will. It's God who chose to adopt the Ephesians. It's God who adopts us. His pleasure, His will. And the text says, to the praise of His glorious grace. To the praise of His unearned favor that He has freely given to those that He loves. So an adopted child goes to mom and dad when they become an adult and say, why did you adopt me? because we chose to. It's our grace. Well, what did I do? Not anything you did. It's our choice. To the praise of God's glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one in Christ whom he loves. What's another blessing in verse 7? In him we have redemption through his blood. In him we have redemption. Redemption means to buy out of slavery to sin. The idea of redemption is to buy out. In modern day world, there's an organization or a group of people that will go to other countries and they will pay to buy out girls from slavery to prostitution they redeem them they buy them out they will give a sum of money to the owner of those girls and for that sum of money the owner releases them and then they help those girls to live as a young lady should they have redeemed them What has God redeemed the Ephesian believers from? What has he redeemed us who are believers from? Being dead in transgressions and sins in which we used to live. He's bought us out. We're no longer slaves. We don't have to be a slave to sin. The Redemption has taken place. Verse 7 goes on with another blessing. Not only in him do we have redemption through his blood, but also the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished in us with all wisdom and understanding. In Christ we have the forgiveness of sins, the letting go of sins. If you were to take your computer and start to type in your sins, you would be at it quite a while. And I'm not so sure God has a computer, but for sake of illustration, if you were to go to God and say, God, uh, would you punch in my name if you're a believer in Christ? Would you punch in my name? So he types in Tom Cease. And Tom says, Now, God, give me a list of the sins you have against me. God would say, Tom, I have none. But God, I know myself. I know you too. You're in Christ. I've forgiven your sins. Well, God, what did I do to deserve this? Nothing. Why can you do it? Well, I lavished on you the riches of my grace. You didn't deserve it. It's unearned. I just gave it to you. And that grace was lavished on you with all wisdom and understanding. I knew what I was doing. I knew you were dead. I knew you were separated. I knew you were in a sin. And with understanding, I chose to forgive I didn't get a bad bargain. I knew what I was getting when I lavished disgrace. I did it with understanding. Hayden, do you have a particular candy bar that you like? What kind of candy bar do you like? Rollos? Rolos? you want to come up here please you know how much one of them cost or you know a pack of them cost no okay come on up here you think a dollar would buy one here's a dollar now I'm going to lavish on you by giving you three more dollars to go buy some candy with your parents permission (laughs) there you are and what have I done? If a dollar will buy what he likes, I lavished on him. I gave him four bucks. I wasn't ready to give a couple hundred away. I thought about bringing like a 50 or a hundred dollar bill, and I thought, I don't know if I want to do that. But what has God done? He's lavished his grace on us. He's poured it out on us, and he's forgiven our sin. he goes on in verses 9 and 10 with another blessing. And he made known to us the mystery of his will through, all, through his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be, into, to be put into effect when the times will reach their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. He's made known the mystery of his good will. Something that had been covered is now uncovered. This will was purposed in Christ. When the times will reach their fulfillment, when everything is placed under Christ. The Ephesians could look at the world in which they live and scratch their heads and say, I don't know what's going on here. They would be encouraged when they realize that one day in the future, everything is going to be placed under one head, even Christ. What is the outcome of being blessed with every spiritual blessing? Being chosen in Him before the creation of the world to be presented holy and blameless, to be adopted, to be redeemed, to be forgiven. To have a knowledge that everything is going to be placed under Christ. I think it comes out in the structure of the book. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 talk about being in Christ. What we have in Christ. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 talk about living in Christ day by day. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 deals with relationships. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 deals with a response to that relationship. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 deals with resting. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 deal with obedience. I'm resting, so I respond in obedience. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, I think, deals with the issue of security. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, you want to respond, you desire in light of that. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 deal with acceptance. <coughs> Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 deal with delight. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 deal with freedom that we have in Christ. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 deal with love, responding to that freedom. If you want to use the term Christianity, I'm not sure I like it, but I will use it, is a relationship of resting securely in Christ. Because of acceptance, which results in freedom. Then there's a response of obedience from desire because of delight. And that delight results in love. I would encourage you to stop, if you are mentally stopped, often, if you're a believer in Christ, and think about being in Christ. I'm in Christ. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm going to be presented to God one day in the future, holy and blameless in His sight. I've been adopted. I've been redeemed. I've been forgiven. Everything is under the headship of Christ, and that's going to come out in the future. Maybe turn the radio off on your way to work and just meditate on in Christ. It makes a difference in how we live and respond. Also, step back mentally. Mentally. And think about other believers as being in Christ. You're ready to say something to your mate. You're ready to say something to your children. You're ready to respond incorrectly to your parents. And you step back mentally and think, oh, they've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. They're going to be presented to God holy and blameless. So why should I waste my breath on criticizing them? I am not hold any weight anyway. They've been adopted. They've been redeemed. They've been forgiven. Think about them in that way. Again, we're dealing with those who are in Christ. Think about other believers in that way. So here's a struggling saint. And you think, will they ever get their act together? Probably not totally. On this side of heaven but you know they're in Christ they've been blessed with every spiritual blessing they're going to be presented to God holy and blameless they've been adopted they've been redeemed they've been forgiven because of God's grace he's lavished his grace on them he didn't give them a dollar he gave them four no he didn't give them four he gave him a billion he didn't give him a billion he gave him a trillion he just lavished his grace on them Makes a difference in how we live and respond and relate to other people. So, back here is Dick. Betty, has Dick arrived yet? I better not make you answer that. But how am I to think about Dick? In Christ, blessed with every spiritual blessing. Presented to God holy and blameless, adopted, redeemed, forgiven under the headship of Christ. It'll make a difference in how I respond to Him. Now stop and think about this whole discussion, this whole study of Ephesians 1 with those who are outside of Christ. How do we see them as dead in transgressions and sins, separated from God, but we bear the good news of Jesus Christ? And God gives us the joy, the privilege of sharing with them. God desires for us to live from desire, from delight, from love as we obey Him. It's not a duty. It's a response to the spiritual blessings we have of being in Christ, going to be presented to God holy and blameless, being adopted, redeemed, forgiven, and under the headship of Christ. So my encouragement for you is to stop and ask very simply, am I in Christ? If you're in Christ, then reflect on who you are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, why don't you come to faith to Him or faith in Him today? As we sing about Christ, let that prepare your mind for worshiping Him through communion. Travis?